The automobile is one of the most important inventions that revolutionized the modern world. In America, the rich history of car culture runs deep as technology continues to shape the future of the industry. Jason Stein, former publisher of Automotive News, is here to share the stories of people passionate about cars, from industry leaders and innovators to car-obsessed celebrities. Buckle up as Jason takes you inside the boardroom, onto the track, and around the bend on Cars and Culture on Sirius XM Business Radio. Welcome to SiriusXM's Cars and Culture. I'm Jason Stein in Detroit. It's one thing to accept the assignment to engineer a next-generation truck for a global automaker. It's another to be handed the engineering keys to the country's best-selling vehicle. And yet another to completely take on the job of transitioning the built Ford Tough F-150 Icon to a whole new propulsion system. Potentially scaring the daylights out of every loyalist on the planet. But maybe Linda Zhang was the perfect person for the biggest assignment Ford Motor Company could have ever handed anyone. She's anything but ordinary. Just listen to Linda's story. Born in China, she arrived in America at eight years old, knowing almost exactly that many letters in the English alphabet. When she landed with her mother at Chicago's O'Hare Airport, she had not seen her father in a year and had never seen America. The rental car, a green vehicle driven on big, wide American roads made an immediate impact, and the spirit never left her. Growing up in Indiana, Linda and her family began living the American dream, a father who eventually worked at Ford, and an education for Linda at the University of Michigan, and then on her own path to Ford. A series of assignments, including many in the hybrid and electrification field, eventually landed her squarely in the middle of one of the auto world's biggest assignments, the transition of Ford's crown jewel the F-150. During a multi-year process, Linda and her team worked on the enormous change, electrifying the truck. That process was a bolt of lightning, an inspiration for the company and Linda's engineering team. The result? The F-150, lightning. And the reviews have been remarkable. Good morning, guys. Hey, how are you? So as you can see, we're here at the rail yards. What do you think we're gonna do today? It's no a idea. mystery. <laughs> <laughs> so we have a very special version of the F-150. And as you can see behind me, we've got 42 trucks representing 42 years of America's best-selling truck. Wow. Also, they line up to over 1,000 feet in terms of distance. So we're going to be taking this prototype and we're going to be towing 10 double-decker freight cars weighing over 1 million pounds. Uh, All for 1,000 feet. You guys think we can do this? <laughs> you seem confident, but I'll be shocked. <laughs> no other truck has ever done it, but we are going to do this. Wow, you got to see it. I've got one major thing that I still haven't told you yet. You guys ready? Woo-hoo. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Come on. <laughs> no. What? No way. <laughs> so this F-150 prototype is all electric. Are you kidding me? No. Dude, it's moving the train. It's moving the train. It's going. It's moving. Yes. You've got to be kidding me. Right? That is impressive. That's She's doing unreal. It so easy. I can feel the weight of the train behind yeah, us. Yeah, listen to the motor. What motor? Yeah. Everything, and we are at like 4.5 miles per hour. Right. Just quietly pulling over a million pounds. Right. <laughs> We're almost at the finish line. I can yeah. see it. Thank Amazing. Awesome. Okay, you can back off. <laughs> 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 Linda Zhang is many things. Engineer, trailblazer, cultural influencer, and my guest today. This is Linda Zhang here on Cars and Culture with Jason Stein. Linda, what a pleasure 
to welcome you into the program. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Yes, of course. And uh, you have to be um, riding high at this moment because when you launch a vehicle that is so revolutionary that that changes the game in so many ways, Owen happens to be the crown jewel in the family um, uh, empire <laughs> and change it so completely, but get such a positive response. You've got to be feeling great about where you are right now. Oh, absolutely. It's been incredible. This has been a pivotal moment for us at the company, um, you know, really taking F-Series electric. And, you know, we had one shot to do it right uh, because of how big F-Series is and making sure that, you know, our customers who are used to the F-Series brand with built for tough knows that this truck is going to do what they need for it to do. Um, but at the same time, bringing in some really cool elements of electrification that they're not used to seeing on, an, uh, on a gas truck. Uh, for example, Mega Power Frunk, um, which is the large um, front trunk in the vehicle because you don't have an engine. Um, and with that, because of the battery electric, we, we open up this whole new space for our customers, as well as the awesome performance of near instant torque zero to 60 in mid four seconds and 775 foot pounds of torque um, and 560 horsepower. I mean, what, what can beat that? And then leveraging the battery to be able to um, give our customer exportable power for intelligent backup power in the case of um, outages. It, it's absolutely incredible and to be able to take this product to market um, and, and really show America what electrification can be at, about with an all new electric truck is pretty incredible. And you recently had an experience where you had to use the truck's innovative electric power in a different way, one that would have never been used before with any vehicle. Describe that for me. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, just, uh, you know, the other day I had um, a power outage at home. So because I had intelligent backup power set up with the truck in the, in the driveway, I was able to go out there and plug the truck in and uh, the, 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 the whole house as an ecosystem is completely mm. alive at that point. Internet, electricity, you know, basically everything that we need to be able to go. And uh, it was barely using even the max within the vehicle. I was pulling about two kilowatt, um, you know, and it, it was out of 9.6. So um, using a fraction of uh, what the truck's even capable of, but we were able to keep going with homework, with uh, eating, with electricity, <laughs> with TV, and just about anything in the house. So it was pretty cool. And being able to actually even be that home where um, neighbors can come over and uh, you know do things as well is, is pretty incredible as well. What has surprised you about this journey that you've been on now, those four years that you've been on as the lead engineer of this, of this product? Well, I think it's really just how great of a job the team's done in terms of taking a um, a strategy with F-Series, electrifying it with the principles that we really wanted to deliver and with the customer kind of at the center of that focus in mind to give them an even better tool than they have today with some of the really great features and, and you know, really leveraging the technologies that we have in the vehicle to give them that better experience, whether it's on the road or even off the road, like, um, you know, we explained with intelligent backup power. Uh, but in addition to that, I think it's just, you know, the fact that, you know, we set out to do quite a bit with this vehicle and um, 
as a team, we've pretty much delivered on all of those promises and in many cases surpassed it, whether it's payload, whether it's horsepower or whether, you know, it's just overall range for the vehicle. So the team's done an outstanding job and uh, we're excited to be able to bring that um, from an electrification perspective at Ford Motor Company to America. You had so many different various roles within the company leading up to this. And I know you were involved in some of the early electrification efforts. But how did the idea come for you to be involved in this truck? Well, the opportunity came up. And at the time, um, I had interviewed for it. And it, it just seemed like a perfect perfect assignment for me, perfect project for me, because of my passion for electrification, but also from a business perspective and an engineering perspective, really being able to pull all that together and, and work with such an awesome team to be able to take the, the, the product all the way from concept to fruition to, to, you know, really getting it out on the roads for customers to, um, to, to get to, to drive and uh, to experience. So that's been really exciting. And I think, you know, just having such a diverse background, uh, whether it's manufacturing, strategy, engineering, um, or, or the even the finance side of things has really helped me quite a bit um, in terms of uh, getting this project going. And uh, I, I, it's been a, it's been an outstanding uh, a, a project to be on. And we had such a great team here at Ford and not only Ford, but the supply base as well as the UAW really helping all the way through to, to make this product great. Do you remember the day when you were told that the job you had interviewed for was yours? Yep. <laughs> I sure tell do. Me, I was, tell uh, me about that day. Oh, I was so excited. Um, my, my um, director at the time called me in the morning and said, hey, come on down, I got to talk to you about something. So I went down and I thought it was about, you know, whatever other project I was currently working on. Um, but um, he told me the great news and I was uh, just ecstatic. It was just so exciting to be able to work on such a great pro product, um, really taking the, you know, crown jewels of the company, just like you said, uh, F-Series, which, you know, has more revenue in, than some um, you know, major companies out there like Coca-Cola, Nike, McDonald's. I mean, that's amazing to be able to take this big of a project and um, electrify it um, and, and really leverage, leverage a lot of the electrical engineering background that I have as well. You're such a family-oriented person. I imagine the, if the first phone call or was the invitation for you to go to your director's office, then the next phone call was you to your family, <laughs> you to your husband. Yep, absolutely. My my husband and also my parents, because, um, you know, they're, they're a big part of my uh, entire journey here. Yeah, let's talk about that journey. Uh, you certainly talked about it when you introduced the truck and you were you're very forthcoming about your own experience and the fact that, you know, this is a dream come true because you were just eight years old when your family decided that they were going to move, that everyone was going to move to America from China. And you landed in Indiana, <laughs> of all places. <laughs> Actually, landed in Chicago on your way to Indiana. Correct. And all of a sudden, you were in America, you know, Mandarin speaking, not really a lot of English, right? And imagine those days are still very vivid for you. Oh, definitely. I, I mean, I remember kind of getting off the plane and knowing my alphabet up to H, um, of which all of which I learned on the plane with the help of a lot of really nice stewardesses. <laughs> um, and just getting off and it was like the middle of the night, it was pitch dark, but you know, it, it 
America was just so beautiful because, you know, you had these highways that were just, just pristine and these lights and this, this car that my dad drove us in. And it was literally my first time in a car. And it just, it literally felt like a fairy tale for me um, all the way you know, from Chicago O'Hare Airport, <laughs> magnificent O'Hare, um, all the way to West Lafayette. But it was, uh, you know, um, a pretty quiet ride. But at the same time, I just remember looking outside and just taking it all in and looking at the lights in the, in, in the car and, you know, being able to see my dad again for the first time because he had actually moved here about a year before us. So we hadn't actually seen him for pretty much a year. So seeing wow. him for the first time after about a year, it, it was really... Um, it was just a very emotional time for me because of how how much was happening for me at that moment, being in a new country, being with my father again, and just being able to, you know, really see what America was all about from the highways. Yeah, you, you have described um, where you came from as being, um, you know, less fortunate than, than where certainly America was when you landed. What do you remember about your time in China? Um. Yeah, definitely. I mean, America is very different than China back in 1985. Um, but I, th I think for me, I think the biggest thing was when I was a kid, it was just a lot of, you know, um, you know, family, a lot of um, running around with friends, a lot of studying, a lot of school. Um, particularly in China, school is a big deal, right? I, <laughs> I think I remember in eighth grade, we were still required to take naps and that was not something I really loved at all. <laughs> so that's something I remember <laughs> very clearly as loving when I got to um, you know, school here in the US for a few months is that there's no naps and you know, we did all kinds of great activities and we had pizza and chocolate milk for lunch. <laughs> what could be better for an eight-year-old? What could be better? Your father was in the graduate teaching program at Purdue, but interestingly, uh, and perhaps coincidentally later on in life, uh, he ends up working at Ford. Yes, what was he doing he at Ford? Um, he was working um, in the um, glass factory, actually, at the time with controls um, to, to make sure that from a quality perspective that we were um, making glass with quality and that from a... Um, a throughput perspective that everything was, you know, in a, in good shape and not cracking from, from that perspective. So he was taking a lot of his civil engineering background, um, and use leveraging it for kind of glass, um, glass work for the company. And then later on, he moved into more of the, um, research labs and worked on, um, uh, you know, more advanced transmissions and such, but early on, that's what he did. And those are the days really that I remember the most, because that was when I went to, um, got the opportunity to go to work with him and see how the glass factory, you know, ran and, you know, look at the things that he was looking at from a scrap perspective and trying to make, make sure that we, you know, minimize scrap because that's waste. So, um, um, a lot of really great learnings and he, he really loved um, his career at Ford. And that was one of the things that we, that really brought me to Ford as, as a company is it's just a family company and uh, it, it gave our family our livelihood in a way. And uh, I just saw how, how great of a company it was. And that was one thing that drew me definitely to Ford Motor Company. Did you know you wanted to go into automotive or did you think about pursuing other careers as well? Um, I was very um, interested in automotive. I think for me, um, just in general, I loved engineering. So um, uh, it didn't, it didn't matter specifically what, but I think automotive is always something that 
that called out to me just because of the cultural significance of it. And then also from from just my my, you know, we, we talked about my first day in America, right? That was fundamentally just something that I had always drawn on me in a way. So um, it, I, I think that piece of it, Ford Motor Company as being a great company, those are all the reasons why I um, came to automotive. And I mean, it's wor like working on a big toy, I feel. <laughs> <laughs> so first day in America, you remember? Do you remember your first day at Ford? Yes, I do. Um, I uh, My first day at Ford was... Um, actually part of the new employee orientation program and we um, Ford does such a great job with uh, graduate um, or just student uh, graduating students because they at the time they had and they still do have this really wonderful Ford college graduate program and um, it brings in the you know a lot of um, students that really have never been in the workplace and what I loved about it is it gave you an orientation very quickly to what the company's about and you spend the first you know um, basically week to two weeks um, seeing different areas within Ford um, just just kind of getting acclimated you don't you know straight jump into a job and you sit there and work on whatever widget it might be. The company does a really good job investing, um, you know, really time and in, in energy into the new hires to give them that acclimation to what is the company all about. And that's what I remember is coming in and, um, you know, my first week spending a lot of time um, understanding about the company, uh, learning about the company, but then also understanding different areas within it. So we did, you know, like a plant tour at um, at the at the um, Dearborn assembly plant at the time, which made Mustang, um, and then um, different other areas uh, would bring in different folks to come and talk to us about their that side of the business. So, I mean, it, it's great because Ford's such a big company that and, and a global company that it's nice to be able to kind of understand what the different aspects are. Was manufacturing your first assignment? Yes, it was. And I loved it because it was so hands-on. Um, and I got to see the final product and really kind of see how everything was put together. And for me as an electrical engineering engineer too, it really was good because I got to use a lot of my controls engineering background um, into uh, you know what we were working on for manufacturing equipment. So we go from manufacturing to product development to finance, corporate strategy, really gathering the business fundamentals that would lead, lead you right to where you are now. And you, you had, a, you had uh, experience on the Ford Explorer, the Escape, the Cougar, and then the F-150. And tell me a little bit about your, I guess, the, the, how all of those experiences together led you to the place where you are now. Yeah, you know, and that, that's, when I think about, you know, my, my background at Ford, it, it's amazing, but at the same time, it's, it's really awesome because Ford's one of the companies that can bring it to me, right? I, every time I asked for something different because I was interested in it, Ford would help me get there, whether it was, hey, I, I'd like to do more in business. Um, Ford sent me back for an MBA program so I could learn about it. And then also, you know, I got to go work on different aspects of the company where I could use those skills. Um, but I think, you know, when, when you take all of those different things and put it together, it made a better me in a way. And it, it gave me a lot of the background and the training and not only the, the skills, but also the networking in a way to, to be able to do what I'm currently doing. Because um, as a chief engineer, one of the things that I kind of view myself as is that hub of the wheel where we pull different aspects um, of, of um, 
attributes, uh, you know, financial metrics, um, customer uh, experiences, marketing, um, dealership experiences, charging experiences, right? All of those different things in and, and really think about the customer from a product perspective to develop the best product proposition for the customer. So I think from that perspective, all of my different backgrounds um, has really helped me understand the different areas within the company that can help in the development of uh, this product and being able to reach out to some of those people that I've worked with in the past uh, to be able to, uh, you know, really get things done quickly. It has been uh, an, uh, an attribute, I think, in, in this case. Some, Linda, have called this an impossible job when it was taken on because you had to roll out what was a reasonably priced electric version of the most popular vehicle in the United States, while, as Time Magazine says, skirting the sensibilities of F-150 loyalists whose ethos might be summed up in a country rap artist popular refrain, don't touch my truck. <laughs> that's, that's a tall order, Linda. I think it was an excellent journey. I mean, I think one of the things is we know our customers really well, right? And I think that really helped us because our North Star was always there um, of what a truck customer needs from a vehicle. And then from there, we just added to it. I mean, we gave them the end solution. And I think that's what's great about this whole strategy that we've got here is taking iconic vehicles and electrifying them because it it the 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 north star is already there we know that customer we know it's going to do well it's got scale um and it's just building on it to give the customer more and we took built for tough which is what's known for f-series and added it to electrification and all the different features that are elevated by it so from that perspective i think it was actually not that difficult of a, not that impossible of a job because um our strategy was pretty right on to begin with but you did have some tough moments and you, you've admitted over the course of the last few months that when you reflect back on the last few years, there, there were those moments you, you had said once there, there, there was a point where you weren't quite sure if the truck was going to be capable and durable. And you had to do some deep thinking. The team had to do some deep thinking about what you wanted the truck to be and what the DNA was that you wanted. You described that as a tough time for you. Tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah. Um, so for us, it, it was really going back to, there was a period because of where we were, we were questioning our strategy a bit, right? Of, is this a, um, an F-series truck that's built for tough, or is it more of an adventure truck or a lifestyle truck or something like that? Um, and we quickly came, came to the came to the decision that it is not anything other than a built Ford Tough F-Series truck. It has to be able to stand be behind that built Ford Tough shield because that in itself is, is an important icon for the product. Um, so it, it, was, it was a tough time because we had to redevelop quite a bit because of that. And at the time there was a risk of, you know, maybe we won't be able to get this out at the timeline that we've got. But the team did such a great job in terms of quickly adjusting um, different elements of the vehicle, um, including redesigning the entire you know motor and cooling system um, underneath in the in the architecture of the vehicle. To because you know part of the the difficulty if you look at the chassis is that everything is packaged so tightly already. Um, so we really needed to make sure we adjusted to get it tight. 
get it packaged, but with the capability. So we, it was a tough time because I think overall the decision required a lot of rework. Um, but at the same point, it was so critical for us to make sure that we stayed with the, the North Star and uh, the, you know, the DNA, as you called it, of the truck to be able to be capable, to be able to give our customers what they need and not have them have that lack of confidence with the truck that it's not gonna be able to get them from you know, point A to B or get their job done. Some have said that you're a bit of a dichotomy, polar opposites, a feminine engineer building America's toughest truck. Talk to me <laughs> about that. Well, that's an interesting, interesting way to think about it. I've never thought about it that way. I've always just been me. Um, from my perspective, I feel like balance is important. So, you know, on, on a personal side, I'm me and <laughs> I can't be anything but true to myself. And maybe that is, um, you know, feminine and, um, you know, maybe sometimes motherly too. <laughs> but um, on, on the work side, you know, what, what the truck needs is what the truck needs. And I think from that perspective, um, I can be more than just my personal self. I can be what I need to be at work. And I think that's, you know, um, what it takes. And it's not just me. I think that's the other big thing. We have an entire team that's working on this truck that's doing a fantastic job. I just get to, you know, help in some of the leadership aspect of it. So um, in terms of, you know, setting direction and, and um, and, and pushing when we need to push. And I think that's where, you know, being me, myself and I, <laughs> um, it, it, it's whatever I've done has seemed to work. And I think that's, um, that, that's good, I guess. How comfortable are you as a role model? Because you, um, are, you are one in this. Yeah, I've noticed that over the last uh, few months and I, I'm happy <laughs> to be one. I think I've always been a bit of a role model, even at Ford, because I've done a lot of mentoring with um, folks um, that are newer to the company. I've been with the company for you know, 26 years, which is um scary to say sometimes because I feel like I just age myself the second I do that. Um, but, you know, I've always. You're still in your early thinking. 40s, though. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's one of the benefits of uh, getting through school fast, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, no, it, it's definitely um, different because I, I'm, I'm, my personality is not like a, please look at me kind of thing. So for me being a, a, a model for others, I have to kind of think about it in terms of, uh, wow, a lot of people are looking at me, but um, I, I think you know, what I'd like to try to do is just turn it right back on the other people in terms of what can I do to help um, other folks, whether it's at Ford, whether it's, you know, in the engineering arena, or just in terms of motivation, I'm happy to be that. How, so I'm guessing you've embraced that role, and uh, you're now leaning into things like STEM education. Yes, yeah, so I'm definitely embracing it. I think um, there's a, a lot of opportunities for, for, for me to help from that perspective, whether it's at Ford, um, with the you know engineers that are coming up, or just any employees coming up um, in the system, or you know in in uh, the earlier um, educational phases of STEM or first robotics or anything like that. So, let's talk charging and EVs in general, because of course these are all the headlines. You know, with more than one hundred plus models coming from uh, all the manufacturers combined over the course of the next couple of years. Do you subscribe to the idea that? broad swath public acceptance of electric vehicles will occur when they deliver that same behind the wheel experience of their internal combustion counterparts? Um, I think 
customers are looking at EVs for sure and seeing that not only that is it going to deliver what a nice product might deliver, a gas product might deliver, but also deliver more, right? And I think that's what we've really tried to do with the Lightning is um, the Lightning does everything that a gas F-150 does um, in terms of towing, in terms of payload, in terms of, you know, whatever it might be. But it actually gives our customers a lot more, whether it's, you know, that, that dry lockable storage that was a pain point before because they didn't have a trunk. Now they've got the mega power trunk or whether it's the performance of a sports car and being able to, you know, really drive with, um, with a lot of ease and not even having like, you know, that, that engine noise going on and that quiet, that silence is truly golden. And just the ease and the effort of the vehicle driving has, is, is, is fantastic. And then, you know, when we think about the intelligent backup system, that's a whole new capability that current gas customers just don't have because there is no battery to store that energy. So from that perspective, I think, you know, um, as long as we keep delivering electrified products that give our customers more, um, then America will come along because, you know, part of what I think we have to do is it, it's changing hearts and minds in a way. And I think with this truck, especially getting behind the wheel, it really does change hearts and minds because you get into it and you just fall in love with it and you fall in love with the capability. And that's what we've got to continue to deliver um, if we want to, you know, bring, bring customers with us. This is not Ford's issue, and it's an industry issue, actually. But if we talk about low inventory because of things like semiconductors, semiconductor shortages, is it harder to launch a revolutionary vehicle when you just don't have a plethora of vehicles around? No fault of your own. It's, it, it's supply chain. It's, it's logistics. It's a lot of other things. It, it's harder to, to, to win over hearts and minds if you don't have a lot full of vehicles, correct? I know that's a, that's a marketing question more than an engineering question, but I wish... But I'm guessing you would wish as the engineer, you could just get more vehicles into more hands. Yeah, no. So I, the team has actually done a really good job with semiconductors. Definitely. You're right. The, the, the chip um, issue has been a global issue across the board, right? Everybody suffered from it. Um, not just even automotive within automotive, uh, but Ford has a really good team that's been helping us prioritize the chips and um, just securing chips as well. And that's really helped us in the launch uh, quite a bit. Um, from, from my perspective, we haven't had really any issues from a semiconductor's perspective in terms of the launch. A lot of what we're trying to do is just making sure that we launch with quality and putting that customer first and, you know, putting quality and taking it, you know, at a pace that we know that we can deliver quality vehicles to, to, the, to the customer. And, you know, we'll accelerate very quickly. I think that's one of the things that Ford Motor Company is really good at, right? Over a century of uh, assembly and um, manufacturing experience there, I think that'll definitely be something that we can easily accelerate. And as we increase our capacity next year that we've announced already to uh, a running rate of 150K, that'll definitely help um, in terms of getting um, product out to customers. But I think this year, what we're really focusing on is making sure that we deliver and launch with quality so that, you know, this first impression of electric trucks to our customers is the best impression. And it should be um, as we continue to, you know, do that with quality over time too. After the break, I'll continue my conversation with Ford F-150 Lightning engineer, Linda Zhang. 
The automobile is one of the most important inventions that revolutionized the modern world in America. The rich history of car culture runs deep as technology continues to shape the future of the industry. Jason Stein, former publisher of Automotive News, is here to share the stories of people passionate about cars, from industry leaders and innovators to car-obsessed celebrities. Buckle up as Jason takes you inside the boardroom, onto the track, and around the bend on Cars and Culture on Sirius XM Business Radio. Welcome back. I'm Jason Stein in Detroit. Now, a continuation of my conversation with Ford F-150 Lightning engineer, Linda Zhang. To see my interview with Linda and 52 other episodes, go to the Cars and Culture YouTube channel. When do we see leaps and bounds in battery technology? Um, Well, battery technology is always improving, right? I mean, I think that's what we've seen even on the Lightning is that we've we've gotten to the point of energy density where it makes sense for a truck. Um, it makes sense for the mass of the truck and still be able to get there. Um, that intra- And I think that's where, you know, we've, with the F series, we've hit it at that pivotal time where it makes sense where the technology with the energy density within the battery and customer demand, as well as kind of infrastructure as a whole um, really seems to make sense. And I think that's why we're seeing such a, positive feedback from from folks on the truck is that the the battery capability is it is pretty good. Um, I mean, at 320 miles um, for the extended range battery, it can get you basically anywhere you want to go for the day because um, each night you can recharge. Um, that's one of the great things about the battery electric vehicles is that, you know, with home charging, there's no gas stations. You're not thinking about range in terms of trying to, you know, make it for a week. Um, and then going to a gas station, you can literally top off every night and be able to go another 320 miles. And in the cases where customers want to go on a longer road trip, um, fast charging is a great option where we can charge, um, you know, about 40 minutes to get to 80, 90%, which is pretty good. And then, you know, you're off on your way again. I know, um, I've done quite a bit of road trips already with the truck, uh, both in development testing and then also just with the family for, you know, soccer tournaments and, you know, hockey stuff. And um, I, I've never run into an issue where I, I have any range anxiety. It's actually pretty, uh, it's been pretty good. So. Well, and so many other cool, fe- cool features. I want to talk about a couple of them. You mentioned the, the mega power frunk and the fact that there's a divider drain that's in the front of the vehicle. Um, it'll hold up to 400 liters uh, in terms of cargo capacity, 400 pounds as well. So you put concrete in there. As, as mm-hmm. you have said, there are cargo hooks, there are lamps, there are four outlets, and, uh, and, then, and then pro power. There was, there was a funny story about a power outage that occurred at a Michigan wedding uh, where pro power was then used. The truck was used to save the wedding, right, Linda? <laughs> Yes, that was that was pretty exciting. It kept the wedding going till basically 2am. So, you know, this is where, you know, a lot of these features with whether it's battery electric, or in that case, it was with a hybrid vehicle of a hybrid F-150. Um, the, 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 the leveraging of the battery is really pretty fantastic. And that's what we're able to really provide to customers with electrification. Um, There's just so many great features about this truck. Some of it is not even necessarily related to electrification. Blue Cruise, for example, right? Um, That's, you know, basically level two plus autonomous driving that allows our customers hands-free driving for, 
um, you know, over, over uh, America for, you know, lots and lots of blue zones. So that aspect of it is pretty exciting too. And it just elevates really the uh, drive experience for the truck. As an engineer, I'll ask you an engineering question now. What things did you encounter in developing the lightning that was that could qualify as the holy shit moment? <laughs> um, well, you know, there, there's a there are a lot of really positive holy crap moments, right? <laughs> there are a lot where we were like, oh wow, this is actually going to work, and it's not only going to work; it's going to be even better than we thought it was going to be. Intelligent backup was one of those where, as we thought about it. You know, we're coming out with intelligent backup power right now. But if you think about the func- the, the, the feature, there's actually a lot more potential for it down the road uh, to be able to even, you know, help with, uh, you know, maintenance, you know, from a grid perspective. So we'll see. I think, you know, there's been a lot of those type of um, moments where we take a look at it and we go, wow, there's a lot more opportunities here. And those are things that, you know, may come in the future. But that was definitely one of them. Um, and just, uh, you know, uh, we, we talked a little bit about challenges as well with the motor sizing and the cooling sizing to be able to make sure that the truck was durable and capable. And, you know, those are the things that, you know, as a team, we've done a really good job around to make sure that we've got all of the, you know, areas kind of managed, um, so that it's a great truck for the customer. Well, there's a lot of fun favorite features that I know you like in the truck. Uh, the fact that, uh, and, th- and this feature has been around a, uh, uh, a little bit, but the, the folding shifter that, that folds into the center console that then creates a workstation uh, opportunity. Although you've also added games to the, the enormous screen that's in the center of the truck, right? <laughs> right Man- Candy yeah. crush, that, that, that sort of thing. <laughs> exactly. What's more fun than games and uh, fast food <laughs> right. uh, on the table? So yeah, no, it, 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 the team's done a really great job. The games are exciting. Um, they do give, you know, our customers a little bit of something to do when they're waiting for, uh, you know, folks at, you know, uh, soccer pickup, for example, is where, you know, I tend to use it a lot, or even just at, you know, when I'm waiting to pick up food um, and I'm too early sit there and just play a couple of quick games. Uh, the folding shifter and, and the, the, the table is super helpful. I, I know we've had situations where my kids have done their homework uh, on there. You know, I've, I've done meetings on there and it's just a, a really, it just makes the entire home super, the entire vehicle super homey in a way where you can basically almost live out of the truck. I mean, there's times where, you know, especially, you know, if you get the platinum vehicle, you've got the massaging seats for the multi-contour seats, get that going, you get, you know, uh, you know, <laughs> um, your iPad and uh, games going. There's a lot that you can do in that truck to, to make it almost feel like you're at home. I'll ask you a future uh, thinking question here, uh, future leaning. How far are we from not qualifying a vehicle by its propulsion system and just calling it a car or a truck? Because right now we have to qualify that it's a electric F-150. How far away are we from no longer having to do that? I think we'll always probably have to qualify it in some ways, right? Because even today, like people talk about cars and trucks as diesels versus um, gas, you know, versus hybrids, versus EVs. Um, I I don't know. I mean, it's an interesting question. Um, But I think, 
you know, uh, until we get to the point where it's mainstream, just one thing, um, we'll probably always have to qualify in some ways just to be able to tell the difference between all of them. But part of, you know, what we've done with the F-150 Lightning is make it look, you know, very similar to the F-150 product. And that was fully intentional because we knew that, you know, whether regardless of propulsion, that truck appearance, that truck DNA is really what our customers want. So, you know, I think that goes to a, a you know, a step toward maybe taking the qualifications that you just mentioned out of it. Some 30 years ago, you landed at Chicago O'Hare and took the drive to West Lafayette and started a life in America. And in November of last year, you were on the cover of Time Magazine. I'm guessing that had to be pretty, pretty pivotal for you. Yeah, it was very surreal for me, um, to be honest. I mean, it, I, I never would have dreamed of even anything like that um, to, to be... Um, here when I was eight years old, you know, seeing a car for the first time and um, riding on a highway for the first time, riding in a plane for the first time to, you know, fast forward to being on the cover of time. That's pretty um, amazing. And um, I'm so happy to be able to represent Ford Motor Company as the innovator on that cover. And, you know, just the great team that's really done an outstanding job in terms of putting a great product um, and, uh, you know, a set of services together. Uh, for for our customers with this F one fifty Lightning truck. Well, and you also you not only made it to the cover of Time, but you uh, gave a walk around to the President of the United States. <laughs> yes. Tell me, um, tell I me did. about that moment. Tell me how much that um, moment meant to you. It was awesome. I mean, I, I tried not to think about it as, oh my goodness, this is the President of the United States. I think I was just trying to give a um, a great walk around to to. Um, President Biden, just as if he was any other person, we were walking around the truck, but I, he was um, such a gentleman and uh, really, really was excited about all the different features and the technology of the truck. Um, but also, you know, in terms of what it meant to electrify such a iconic vehicle like F-Series, I, I think in his mind, that was really going to help move um, the, the country forward in terms of electrification and what is possible with electrification. I'm guessing your parents were watching closely. <laughs> yes, definitely. My parents have uh, been um, a, one of my biggest fans along with my, uh, my mother-in-law and my father-in-law. Father They've both been um, tremendous in terms of supporting me throughout the last uh, year with uh, um, being being on the cover and being you know almost almost famous i guess <laughs> <laughs> definitely famous for sure um what did your kids ask you about meeting the president oh they were they were just excited i think they just asked you know what did he ask what did he think of the truck and you know those type of um questions but it, it was pretty exciting for everybody around um kind of getting to experience that and in seeing just the excitement in general with uh, the, the truck. Well, and he had one of the great quotes, which I think as an engineer, you, you must have been proud of when he said, this sucker's quick. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's one of my favorite quotes. <laughs> you can frame that right next to the cover of Time Magazine. Um, just a, a couple more things. Uh, when you set out to do this, I think one of the... Um, one of the ideas here, one of the, you know, the, the ethos of this was the prospect of really being able to go down a more technologically advanced route for the truck. And you said you wanted to provide some shock and awe to customers. Do you feel like you've 
shocked and awed them? I think we definitely have. Um, and I think there's different ways to provide shock and awe. And in our case, we did it in that and solution way, um, giving them that and, right? The mega power frunk, that's something that, um, even though it's just, it's just a dry lockable storage space that's been elevated to be able to provide you know, more. People are just amazed by the massive size of it, the capability of it, and all the different things that we've included in it. Similarly with the performance, when you get behind that truck and you step on it, I mean, as it, it, it is, is the president put it best, that sucker's quick. You just don't expect it because it's a big truck. And usually you just, it, that doesn't compute somehow, right? You're, you're getting lots of G's <laughs> in the truck when you accelerate and that just doesn't quite compute for a lot of people until you do it for a couple of times. And then of course the intelligent backup power, I think that intelligent backup power definitely does provide shock and awe. And I think it's a game changer when it, when it comes to what a vehicle can do for people's lives, right? I mean, in terms of just being able to support an entire home ecosystem um, as if there was no power outage. I think that's that's a game changer. Or even without that, but the pro power on board, like you mentioned, being able to save a wedding um, remotely, you know, basically a power generator on wheels. I, I think those are the things that provide the shock and awe for people in terms of what this truck is capable of and really how it can kind of change their lives in a way and change what they, how they currently use the truck to be able to give them even more. Hundreds of thousands of reservations for the F-150 Lightning. You talked about changing hearts and minds and a cultural shift towards EVs. What's next for you in terms of a cultural shift? What are you gonna do next? <laughs> I haven't gotten that far yet. I'm still working on the Lightning and uh, there's still a lot of things that we're working on to, to make sure that our first customers take delivery um, of, of the vehicle. We, we started uh, shipping out quite a few vehicles in the month of May. Um, so just, um, you know, making sure that they're, they're getting what they're expecting with the vehicle. And then of course, the, what's great about the Lightning is it's in a way a um, digital uh, product. So there's going to be a lot of over there updates that are available to keep it, you know, um, great and uh, really improve it even over time. So those are the things that I'm still working on, um, along with, you know, just the general launch right now um, within the manufacturing side to make sure that we get product out to our customers as soon as they we can. We can't wait to see what happens next. Linda, thank you so much for your time here on, on the show and for, uh, you, you are changing a car culture, and this is Cars and Culture. You're right at the center of it. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me, Jason. Thanks to Ford F-150 Lightning Engineer, Linda Zhang. And to see my interview with Linda and 52 other episodes, go to the Cars and Culture YouTube channel. Thanks for listening to Cars and Culture. You can follow us on LinkedIn and Facebook, as well as on Instagram, at Cars and Culture SXM, and on Twitter, at Cars and Culture. I'm Jason Stein in Detroit, and we'll see you down the road.